0: Gucci! LeBron James! It's the Boyle and Rojas podcast, episode 69. Woohoo! Nice! Nice! It's been a while. It's been a while. He's Nick Boyle, I'm Nick Since Rojas. I've
1: done this podcast.
0: Rojas is not here. Shocking. Remember when we added him to the show? He Remember weighed. when
1: we added him and he came for two weeks solid and then... Kind I think of it was just... like we saw
0: American Made...
1: Dude, which was awesome.
0: awesome we movie. started
1: off with a bang, and then yeah. it just kind of fizzled back down to us. It's awesome. he works nights,
0: man. Poor guy. It happens. It Schedules happens.
1: change, but the podcast remains That's the same. right.
0: Nick Boyle, what did we just see, man? We
1: just saw. We are back at it. We've seen a list of movies, but the big one we a just bevy. saw was one of our top five must-sees of the summer, or we thought would be, and I still stand by it, eighth grade. Eighth Grade was written and directed by none other than comedian Bo Burnham. Burnham.
0: Why'd you say it weird? Bo Burnham. I don't
1: know. Bo Burnham. Uh,
0: <laughs> you, and... I know that you know how to say it. That's the funny <laughs> thing, too.
1: I know. Uh, Bo Burnham. And I love Bo Burnham. I love both of his specials. I'm a huge fan. Went and saw the second special live. I've watched both specials over ten times. Yes, I know, Cookie, excessive. and But I still truly admire his work understand his work to the point that I really saw it stand out in this movie that he created about a girl going through adolescence and going through her last week of 8th grade. That is the premise. I don't want to give anything else away for storyline. I know we'll depict a little bit of it and talk a little bit about it in certain parts, but that's pretty much the premise. So, Nick Rojas, Mm. what did you think of the movie?
0: I... First off, I just want to say, if you are one of those people who are open to movies that don't necessarily have a plot to them or like a obstacle this is this is i don't know how I started this sentence. If you don't like those kind of movies, then this is not a movie for you, but if you are and you do appreciate this the smaller things about movies, then yes, this is a movie for you. There you go. I covered both my bases there. You there. Go. This movie is very much about nuances. So basically it's for everyone. Yeah. This movie is really aiming for everyone. Like, because one way or another, like, you you can relate to this on uh, a certain extent. So, and like, on one end I'm like, oh, this is like one of those. But like, no, they do a really good job with being able to write this character Elsie so that whether you're a guy or girl, um, you know, gay or straight, transgender, one way or another you can relate to this movie because the... The principles of this movie are very much something that are is universal, and I I wrote this down in my Letterbox review, A little plug for Letterboxd right there, great app. I said that something tells me that this is going to be the movie of a generation that they hold near and dear to their hearts. And I firmly believe I, it, that bumped it up a point for me because I realized you know what like twenty years from now there's going to be a whole generation of people who are aged like you know t- ten to fifteen now who are like, oh, my God, this movie captured everything for me. You know what's so funny is just like I keep seeing these movies and I'm like, yeah, I can relate to this. I'm like, and not like I'm not we're not in high school anymore. We're eight years out of high school. We're uh, even more than what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 12 years from middle school. Oh, my God. Stick with my song. Oh, boy. It's almost half my life. Yeah. I mean, it was
1: a while ago, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. So All right. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Now that we've anyway,
1: had this revelation.
0: That's crazy. Anyway. But we it had, feels like, so close, is it, your point. Exactly. Kind of like how Love, Simon was earlier in this year. And I liked Love, Simon a little bit more just because it, it felt a little bit more livelier. This movie is very much more, again, like I said, subtle. But um, Let me put it to I,
1: th- you this way, though, because I think that in Love, Simon, it's supposed to be more of an upbeat high school story yep. where you Based feel that a more of that, which is interesting, too, because you still feel... In a, you still feel in that movie um, like a positivity. And in this movie, you get snippets of that. But 8th grade and just middle school in general isn't all, it's not a great time. And I think that's the good thing about this movie is Bo knowing how to, to, because he's experienced it. And I feel like some of this was definitely personal experiences he's had and using, I think also, you know, the lead actress. I feel like multiple people probably came into the into the realm of creating this movie, <clears throat> you know, shout out obviously to Elsie Fisher, who plays Kayla, the lead actress in this. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing is, is they both knew how to capture main events that happens to you between an eighth grade and ninth grade transition. Mm. And it, yeah, it might not definitely happen to you, but it just, it, could or in some way i think we've all experiences yeah. the scenes of how self-conscious she was and at least she had the guts to still make these big decisions to go out in for example her bathing suit whereas some of us would turn around and just not do that some people would back out and literally go in the other room and get out like and call you, home you know and, yeah. there were, and there were aspects of You know, I I don't want to give too much away, but things like that or the awkwardness of going through sexual things in life as well at that age. And for the first time exploring and understanding things like it's just it makes you cringe in your seat with awkwardness, but you know, it's so real. So it's it's like, man, but this happened. And I know that is a thing. Well, I know
0: you'll agree with this is the like there's something to be said about. The great movies really make you react in a visceral way when you watch them. Yeah, and think about how much the crowd was reacting. Oh yeah, a- the crowd it, was
1: making oohs and ahs And That's and a great sign and...
0: for a movie that you're so invested in this movie that you're just rolling that you know emotional roller coaster the whole time. Like oh, yeah. so but you, you man, you hit that nail on the head. I hope I didn't cut off your point about how it just it, they were able to pinpoint so many different parts in, like they that were. transition. I mean, like and this I, all takes yeah. place within two weeks.
1: I know, and that's the thing, and I think that was interesting because I feel like a lot of those events are usually things you definitely experience throughout middle school, but more or less it was showing how sheltered she was, how nervous she was. Children that have this anxiety, you know, almost disorder that she wasn't diagnosed with anything, but you could tell she, like, she knew how to perfect—and yes, it's a movie, so things are written right, but when she described the feeling she has when she goes to things— or when she does anything in her life and describes it as and I will quote because I don't think it's a spoiler it's a quote I you can't spoil this movie no, is it's that feeling of when you're going up to a roller coaster and you have butterflies and she says but I never get the satisfaction of after you go out after you go over that ride and you get that sigh of relief I don't get that and I thought that was incredible like cause you know that feeling and there's so many kids with anxiety out there that feel that and feel that they never get that sigh of relief. And I know that sigh of relief. I love roller coasters. So to put that metaphor there was just so brilliant, brilliantly used. But even just like interactions the way she had with her father as just an adolescent, like lashing out on your parents for no apparent reason. Right. And, and the parent just like takes it, but they know like you're going to get through it. And then sure enough, there'll be a day where you come around and open up to me and we talk and I, you know, it was good to see the dad's reactions too. I think parents can relate to seeing this as well and be like, man, I remember that with my kid or wow, look at the way he dealt with it. And Did I deal with it in the same way or did I deal with it better? And, um, I think everyone can connect to this movie in one way or another. Uh, and truthfully i think this is a great movie for a parent to we we threw around the question is this a good movie to bring your child to who's in eighth grade because it is an r-rated movie and is that and but like we said the previews there wasn't much in it that besides the previews that was necessarily a bad r movie you know um, a few
0: F-bombs and a few, few suggestive I, situations. That's
1: probably what it was, the suggestive situations. Also,
0: the F-bombs, believe it yeah, or not. Yeah,
1: that's true, actually. I you after so PG-13, many. 13 you only get one. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like very, um, I think it would be very useful for a parent to bring their kid. Even if the kid's a freshman in high school or a sophomore, I think that it would be useful. But if you have a child that you think like really is in that adolescent stage they should see this movie because they Mm. could learn something from it too with bullying and stuff like that too and there were just so many themes I think Bo just hit everything on the head and you you got the new pulp culture references in there too and the teachers trying to act funny and cool and it was just like it was so real and so today's generation And I love that they even talked about today's generation and they talked about how the high schoolers thought that they were in a different generation than the middle school girl coming into the high school. And he's like, no, they're in a different era. Like, it's so interesting that those conversations go on, but it's so cool to put on the big screen and have other people actually, it's almost a wake up call. This is still happening. It is a real thing. And how can you help in a way?
0: Yeah. I always default to you when it comes to... Um, issues with kids these days. I know you don't teach eighth grade, but you know, you're around kids. So you kind of see this stuff early on. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think, I think I don't seen, I don't think I've seen any kind of, um, people talk about this movie and talk about how everyone's glued to their phone. I mean, everyone, everyone, that's a universal thing. So I don't think she's anxious because of her phone, because that's definitely something that I dealt with when I'm younger. When I was younger, I still deal with like, I'm like, uh, I don't want to put myself in like um, what's the word? I'm looking for social situations because I'm like, ah man, I'm super awkward. So, I mean, kudos to her for being brave and going to sing in front of everyone. Carrie, that's what I mean. I would like, do that if I knew everybody in the room,
1: but she didn't know. And it's like the same thing with like yeah. walking out. Like she was always way stronger than, you know, yeah. Kids could learn, Average Joes. Kids really. could learn
0: a thing if they go to see. This that's movie, my to, point. To be brave. Is, no, it's my point now. Oh, I stole no,
1: it. Now it's our point. Oh, it can be ours. We can share it. So. We're holding hands. <laughs> we are in the oh. car. And it's also hilarious because not only are we doing the oh, podcast a in a car, hug. that was a great moment, but we're looking at each other through my rear view mirror to talk during this. And then we also just witnessed it's a, metaphor. a dad past. and a son. The dad's probably in his sixties. The son's probably in his thirties. Hug it out after seeing a flick together. I wonder what they saw. I don't know. They're Probably tra- find Hotel out. Transylvania. <laughs> Three. <laughs> No, the original. They've actually watched all three back-to-back. They were having a yeah, marathon here. This is the year. longest
0: day of my life, son.
1: So anyways, let's give our... Sc- oh, before... Well, I have, I have many thoughts, Yes, though. wait. And we... Yeah, I guess... I don't want to take too much away. Like, you have to see it.
0: Director Bo Burnham. This is the second thing I've seen him direct this year. The other one being Chris Rock's stand-up special. Which was awesome. Um He does a really good job of getting those shots that really, like, hit the whole face of a person... It's kind of like almost like talking to you or it's like taking up the whole screen. So you're like, ooh, I'm like in this room with this person. And you got really good like night shots and a lot of shots to make. This was a handheld shot camera, uh, handheld shot scenes. So everything obviously feels like you're a fly on the wall. This movie doesn't look polished at all. Obviously, it's an independent movie. So it's going to be like that. Uh, Boyle, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but Boyle, you brought it up. That this was a distinctly Burnham kind of style movie with the music cues early on. So yeah, just very to branch off that
1: for a second, is that yes, I did notice right away. If you are a true Bo Burnham fan, which I know my cousins are, and my sister and myself, he is a very, very like distinct person with his comedy and his music and the dark comedy. We but definitely the, recommend the, In it. his comedies, the underlying themes that are there, but it's funny because. If you watch his specials, you'll understand his movie more. I think it will help enhance the movie experience. But not only to see what Bo went through, because he's talked about it in his stand-ups before, and you could see some of that in relations to the movie, but even when it comes to, like you were saying, the sound and the editing behind it, that stuff he does in his own show, he makes all his own music and cues things so perfectly. And there are some things that you just knew right away, like, from the first song in the beginning where she's walking around, it's like, do 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 doo 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 i am like, he totally had his hands on that keyboard making that sound. That was a Bo Burnham sound. Like, or, you know, going to, um, there was one part where she's running through the house and then the door slams and the music stops. Like, those, and I mean, directors would do that, but the manners of how it was done, you could tell was Bo, I guess, is my point. But keep going with what you were saying, Nick, about the different aspects of the movie that you enjoyed about, well, I guess creating this.
0: Yeah, I mean, sorry I had to read the uh, tweets that we had coming in from no the, the show and send off a text as well. Um, you know what's funny about this though? Like, I just know when like I'm doing the show with you that I'm I, since I edit it later, I know I'm going to hear it anyway.
1: Oh, yeah, so you'll listen to that. So
0: while I'm editing later, I'm like, wow, I should have said something really
1: profound after that. Oh, I've done that before, and I'm like, oh, this is where I want to chip in for this. But I will give one other shout-out I know I wanted to for Jake Ryan, who plays Gabe in this. That kid was hilarious, and I thought he made parts of this movie just absolutely belly laughing right when you were in just such a weird spot. And then like he, he rescued us. He, he was he like rescued. He's
0: the guy that got us out. He was a life raft. Yeah. After some. He, oh, for sure.
1: You were just a good way of putting it. Almost like you were drowning in just this like this dark tunnel that she kind of was in. And he just brings you right out of him. It's like, wow, thank you. Like he was so funny and the scene of them together and it's not only funny, but it's so real. Like when you're a quirky little kid, like I was, like that, and you finally find somebody that's quirky like you, and you kind of just sit there and you're having that interaction, like it's so funny. But I loved he could bring that to the real screen. I love that he was able to show all this stuff. I couldn't speak highly enough about it. If you can't tell, folks, so no, no, seriously. I give it. I'm just gonna say right now. And that, and the funny part is the main character's a girl, and I know that they go through a whole different style than what we go through, and it's awesome to see how much we connected with it. But I said afterwards, we wanted to find out how Michaela thought about it because you were making comments that Michaela, that you totally felt like, obviously you probably felt more about it. You're like, man, I remember being a girl and thinking that too. it. I was like, some of those scenes you just can't connect with. Right, Nick?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, or could you Nick? uh, Well, no, I never had like an
1: older, (laughs) no fruit experience.
0: Wow. (laughs) That we're He's like, my mother's listening. I thought we
1: weren't going to bring that up. <laughs> Not here, anyway.
0: So, anyways. It was a different time, and... the 2000s, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just
1: kidding. So, for me, I give it a 9.5 out of 10. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, four and a half stars out of five. But we always do our Fisher scale. So, nine and a half. Popcorn kernels out of 10. Um, and dual redundancy. I'm going to give you guys a shout and just let you know that Man, all of my top picks so far are exactly where I placed them. Let me tell you, I'm excited to see what Happy Time Murders is going to do. But I'm still on track. That our five dude was right there, Nick. I think we did a good five.
0: I know. I, well, I can't remember the fourth right now. Happy Time Murders. No, that was third place.
1: So we had Happy. We had Heredity. Hereditary. Her, sorry, Hereditary. Um, Burnham. Burn. We had this eighth grade. Okay. We had Happy Time Murders. When we were on we Dool- had Red- Roger Dool- Williams. Shot. a um,
0: redundancy. We had, we, our summer preview, we had Hereditary, Upgrade, and we had Happy Time Murders. And
1: then our bottom two was 8th grade and, um, oh my god, the documentary. Oh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Thank you, Won't You Be My Neighbor. So we've seen all of them, but Happy Time. But anyways, so. That comes out
0: August 24th, the day I come back from Italy, which is why we're going to take a little break.
1: We will be taking a break.
0: Um, we have some tweets coming in.
1: Hold on, wait. Oh. My rating. You have to finish your rating, and then we gotta find out Michaela's. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. No,
0: Bridget was gonna give it an eight, but like I said, I think it's gonna be a movie of a generation, so I bumped it up a point.
1: All right. So, Michaela, as a girl, as a woman, woman who's gone through the adolescence of eighth grade, what are your thoughts?
2: Yes, I in fact am a woman, so.
1: All right. Thank you for that.
2: No. <laughs> oh my god. All right. I wrote a few things, so I wouldn't forget. Okay. So so accurate. The pressure to be cool. In eighth grade, I literally feel like I was Kayla. It was so funny. Her mannerisms were so perfect. I can just picture Bo Burnham, like, sitting in the audition, like, casting room and just, like, standing up and clapping and being like, you are it. Yeah. She was so perfect. Like, I don't know if it was her character. Or that's how she really was. But she was such a natural. So good. Um, I also wrote that it was so relatable um, to me being in eighth grade. But the phones, like, put a, such a perfect modern touch on how it is now. Like, if you took the phones out of this movie, like, it was me in eighth grade. Like, it was so funny. Um, And then, like, just building up the courage to do certain things and, like, being so nervous about doing it. Like, you could, like, you felt for her in this movie. It was so cool. And then the last thing I put was that um, when you think you're doing something so weird and like you make it more weird, like with the whole fruit scene, like, uh, like he would have uh, had no idea. Yeah, and then like you make it weird, like yeah. eighth graders just make it weird. So, um, I loved this movie. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10, just like Nick on the Fisher scale. Nice. I loved it. Nine so and a half good. kernels.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it just like, I wouldn't trust someone's movie, movie opinion if they didn't think this movie was at least good. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I swear to God, like, some people just see movies like that and they're like, oh, nothing happens in this movie. I'm like, don't you,
3: ah, don't you get it?
0: Uh, <laughs> the it's, cinematic value. It's so frustrating. Know. Thank you, Michaela, for sharing. You're welcome. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, gosh, did we, did we give a shout out to the dad yet? No,
1: no. we didn't. Josh Hamilton, the dad. So good. I, well, I did, I guess, in my review. Yeah. yeah, I did. You give
0: a shout out to Jake Ryan.
1: And I gave it at the beginning about how the dad, I thought did a good job. Don't no, believe you.
0: No, the, uh, yeah, no, the dad was awesome. Great, great scenes. But you know, you're getting a little bit, uh, you know, I don't want to, but, um, you know, you know, we're getting a little bit older when we really, a lot, a lot to the dad and are like siding with him. Like, he's just trying to make conversation. Like, I know poor guy. It's so funny though, because like, and you know, in our, obviously in our own personal ways, we all have personal stories about this, but, um, you know, like, when you're, like, going through puberty and all that stuff, like, it's a war at home. There was a show called The War at Home because, like, you constantly feel like you're battling your parents on, like, every single, like, stupid thing. And if you are to, like, look back, you're like, oh, man, like, I wish I could go back in time because, like...
2: I was so mean to my parents. Yeah, it's
0: almost like it flips for you maybe, like, later on in high school where they become much more friendlier. But the flip you get the first time you visit from college, you're like, it's like you unlocked a new character in a video game, basically. Like, you unlocked... <laughs> The parents you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's like, oh, I had to go through all these these levels to get to this. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yep, we've been here this whole time. Like, ah, like where were you guys f- six years ago? I would've, we would have had great times. Like, well, you had to go to bed at like 7 at p.m. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, so um, shout out to him. Well, All right, let's get to So great movie. It's great. Well, we got some tweets about it. Um, our friends at Dual Redundancy, we give a shout out to Dave Allen. He tweeted about Tweeted at us. Oh, boy, we have other movies we got to talk about. Um, Dave Allen said, While I had to watch most of 8th grade through my fingers covering my eyes, it was a very realistic and cringe-filled ride in adolescence. Impressed that Burnham directed this at 27. It makes me wonder what I am doing with my life. (laughs) Gucci! Gucci. Um, Great review. Thank you, Dave. Great review, Dave. Um, Becca Szymanski tweeted at us. Uh, what are your best memories from eighth grade? Did the movie capture how you felt in those moments at all? Well, I wouldn't say I necessarily, I wasn't going through what she was going through in eighth grade. In eighth grade, at that point, it was my second year in Barrington and I felt very comfortable in Barrington. Um, I got over that like initial, like, oh, new school, all that stuff. So I, I didn't have anything there, but we're going to talk about best memories. I'll give one quick story. Um, the power went out in Barrington middle school, uh, one day and, it became like the literally like the inmates running the asylum basically. Like, you have just a bunch of like, well, the, the whole middle school lost power, but really, like, the eighth grade wing, you have a bunch of like jacked up 14 year olds who are like, oh my god, the lights are out. Oh my god, and there's like no windows on the interior part of the middle school. It's like there's like a bunch of classrooms that have no windows, so it was like super dark in that area. And like, we we're just like running around. I remember like Penn Drucker was like lighting a lighter, and I was like, whoa, it's crazy. And like, people were just running around banging lockers, like, there was. Chaos. So that was my favorite, probably one of my favorite memories from eighth grade. Um, wow. And, but I have a lot more. Like I, I, eighth grade, I I made a lot of good friends and I had some fun, like sleepovers and everything. And uh, this movie, I think would would capture. Um, let's see, what slice of it would it capture? I guess it would capture the, um, kind of like that going to parties, kind of for the first time, kind of thing. That would be my yeah. Thing. I Oil? would
1: tell you, I couldn't. Th- <laughs> My 8th grade was kind of crazy. I feel like... You're crazy. I feel like I lived Gabe's life, maybe, for 8th grade. Like, I was dorky, kind of, like, hung out in my room.
0: Michaela, it's never too late
1: to break to off music and boy. played with my, like, toys and stuff and hung out. And, like, I went to some social gatherings, but, like, when I went to those so- social gatherings of the popular kids, like, it was, like, it was so, rolling. like, kind of, like, awkward, like... It's so funny because they're all my boys now, but like back in the day, it was like they were my buds, but not like my bros. And there's a couple of them that I could tell you were definitely my close buds. And I would probably say I got into mischief, man. I got into (laughs) mischief in high and middle school in eighth grade. I got in some trouble a couple times. All right. But then I My won't mom say, wanted me to
0: get in trouble in like eighth grade. I, <laughs> and she like I just Dude, was I like, What? I do not want to get in trouble.
1: I got in trouble. I did some stuff looking back. I'm just like, wow, that was so dumb. Like, I don't want to I throw can't believe it.
0: Statute of limitations, I think, are up now because it's been twelve years. But my mom, for like uh oh, it's almost been thirteen. Uh, my eighth grade Halloween, it was two thousand five. She for mischief night, like she like gave us like toilet paper and like shaving cream. and She was like, Go ahead, bud, go do something. And I'm like, What? <laughs>
1: Dude, listen. your mom rocks.
0: And now <laughs> and mom, if you're if you're listening to this and I am wrong about this, text me. That's a challenge because you won't, because you, you, know, don't I'm right. you know I'm right. You <laughs> know, she does listen. And you'll hear their review of eighth grade later you in will. the podcast.
1: Um I will say though that probably one of my good memories was um I used to go over to my buddy Mike's house all the time and it's nothing and on gra- this you know me. On the spot, I have to literally sit there and take time to think about good memories. But I just know when I used to go hang out with Mike, we would jam out. He used to have a guitar and was so good at it. So we used to jam out and we would like – he had dirt bikes. So we'd roll around in the dirt – you know, ride around on the dirt bikes and shoot basketball. Yes, and Literally, was like, we just hung out like all yeah. day. And then at nighttime, we literally would hang out, eat, popcorn, movie, and then it, stay up in his room and watch – Jackass And hang out Like that was it And yeah. then you'd fall asleep a With the TV day. on And you'd wake up In the middle of the night And there was always Weird commercials on Like really bad Like
0: infomercials.
1: infomercials Or like Girls Gone Wild Infomercials
0: Oh those yeah Because
1: you'd be watching MTV And it'd be late night MTV When you woke up But It's just so funny Like that was a thing Dude the whole day I remember
0: I, Brandon Brandon Lewis Who was like One of my best friends Like from around 7th grade Through high school Shout yeah. out to Brandon Lewis I used to just like go over his house and like, he would just like shoot airsoft guns and Ricky Westerl makes to do it with him too. And then I'd like stand in his backyard and see Brandon just like ride his dirt bike on his dirt. And I used to just watch it. And that was entertainment. So like, like people who like want to complain about movies like this, where it's like, but they're not doing anything. It's like, that's all, it's like middle school and high school. So good point. Um, and then our parents review, my parents review. Oh my God, our parents. <laughs> They're basically our parents. Wow, we got, we got a lot of things to get through. Quickly, shot to T-Mill. Let's yes. talk about Bachelor real quick before we get to our Can other movies. I'm going to put 90 seconds on the clock. Wow. 90 seconds. That's how long we're going to talk about this. Just to keep it moving because we know a lot of people don't watch this show. Um, we're going to talk about the Bachelor finale. So if you don't want to... Hear about it. Skip ahead 90 seconds now. All right. So I'm disappointed that you picked Garrett over Blake. Boyle and I have talked about this. I think Garrett is a l- nairhead. An and Blake seemed like he was like a solid dude. But, Boyle, you have a counter counterargument. And you felt like...
1: No, I don't have a counter argument. I loved both. And those were the first two that I picked for the end, too. I liked Blake. However... Here's how I saw it: If she went with Blake, she was living a young life that she wanted to like go and explore and do crazy things. But she was looking for a husband and a man that she could settle down with and start having kids and having. You can still go and explore and stuff, but I think she was looking for more of that man dad figure. And I think to me, in this, man in, dad but that's what it was. And, this in, fall. and in that, <laughs> <laughs> and in that comparison, he would win in my opinion. And I think that. Yes, he did and sent out and liked bad things on memes or whatever. But you also like can't judge him on those four memes. Hopefully, he is what he's saying in the PR. I get it is PR rush, but hopefully, he is becoming a better person. Um But I, you know, and and learning from those and and he, truthfully, but just when I see them two together, they're weird and quirky and like her and Blake were very subtle and shy, like they were very like they enjoyed each other, but they were quiet and timid. And I see Garrett bringing out more of a happiness of her and a more of like they were laughing and being goofy once they won. Like All they right, were like 90 seconds. So, to me, it was a good choice. You're welcome, T Mill. We're sorry we didn't have you on for it. It was last minute. Nick's going away, maybe for Bachelor in Paradise finale.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch last night. Or what's it? Wednesday? I got
1: it on the DVR.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I might have to watch it. <laughs> um, Cookie
1: will discredit. Cookie's gonna discredit me two points for that. I don't even know what the point system I just, is, uh, yeah, but I I'm don't. gonna get points off. Whatever about that. <laughs> so scrapbox. Scrap anyway, moving move on. on.
0: Uh, what do we want to talk about next? Christopher Robin. Christopher or Robin. Teen Titans the movies.
1: No, I think no one needs to talk about that movie. No, let's get it out of the way then. Fine. Teen Titans, the movie. Alright.
0: I've never seen Teen Titans go or Teen Titans. Neither have I. So I was going in like blindsided, really, yeah, right? I had no me idea. Too. No Nothing. idea what to expect. Literally I just liked the trailer before Incredible. I'll tell two. you I
1: saw the live action trailer and that told me more than what I was going into for this. There's a t- there's a show coming out called Titans on TV. Oh that one. Yeah. And it's about Teen Titans, but it's a live version, like a live action right, version yeah. of them. So that's all I knew about this going in. I didn't see a trailer for this. I didn't see. Oh, you didn't anything. see a trailer
0: for it. I saw a trailer for it, and the, the scene that Becca and I saw was, uh, it was the part where it was talking Sleigh. about like we no we saved like you guys haven't saved anything. Like, oh, we went to the restaurant last week. We saved room for dessert. dessert hey! Hey! And I was like, oh wow, yes, <laughs> yeah. this is our, my kind of movie. And
1: let's kick it off. I think so. for the
0: most part, like I just want to be quick about this movie yeah. at all. Just it's just filled with like a bunch of jokes and like for every like. Three funny jokes. There's like one like immature joke that's like meant for kids, like whatever. But there's like a lot of jokes in there that are like for adults or fans of superhero movies. And I want to give them a shout out. They kept it breezy. It never felt like it was a quick movie. It was like under 90 minutes. So kudos to them. But it was funny. It like went way further than I would expect a kids' movie to go. The kid, there was a kid with his dad sitting in my left. And I was like, oh, this is really sweet. And he, the kid was, like, sitting up the whole time, like, smiling, like, just so happy to see a movie with his dad and just, like, taking it all in. I'm like, man, that's what movies are all about. Like, he's going to remember that for a few years. And uh, I, I cracked up at the movie. Like, yeah, there's parts that are silly. Like, I give it a solid, like, 7 out of 10. Like, I, I was cracking up. There was a lot of funny jokes in there. Uh, I wouldn't recommend paying money to go see this movie. No.
1: no. And I, I gave it a 6 out of 10, and that was giving it a benefit that... This was a child's movie. This was not for adults. Mm. However, the adult humor in it made me give it a six. Um, I didn't think it was anything great. I do think that the comedy that they threw in was literally all making fun of Marvel movies in general, as well as DC movies, which I thought was great. So they weren't just making fun of Marvel. They were making fun of both. And it was just this whole scheme of, you know, Nick didn't get to see the first ten minutes – Spoiler alert for the next 10 seconds of what happens at the beginning. So skip now. Basically what happens is the kid sits there and it's flipping or you see comic book flipping and then all of a sudden it's a kid flipping through the book. And to me, uh, an actual comic book in the movie. And it was just so funny because that's something Marvel does all the time to open up their movies. And it was such a slap in the face, but so funny as well. As well as the cameo that was in it. I won't mention who. You can pretty much figure it out. But it was just dig after dig with the movie and really made you chuckle about their characters and what they did or their jobs and how how full of themselves they are and stuff like that. And it was fun in that manner, but it wasn't anything great. And honestly, halfway through the movie, I got very bored. And it just, eh, nothing. So so,
0: so new thing I'm it. trying to do it on this podcast is like to give people context. So other movies that – so you gave that a 6 out of 10 – other movies that I think we gave a six out of ten, uh, Jurassic World. So there you go. And I gave it a seven out of ten. And another movie that I gave it a seven out of ten was uh, Wind River. So I thought this was on par wow. with Titans Go Movies, which, as I'm saying it out loud, not that, I'm not that proud of.
1: No, exactly. We might and have I'm so sc- glad you start doing that. We That's might, a good idea. We might have
0: to. Well, this, that might keep us humble or something. I don't know. Make uh, you
1: really evaluate the movie. And think of how bad it really was.
0: Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Thank it's, you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, it was good. I liked it. Sure. Anyway, all right, Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. You have to say it because that's how they say it in the trailer. Um, Christopher I'll Robin. I'll just start off the top. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Look, very sweet movie. Um, I keep, you know, I didn't do my own research on this, but I, I did hear uh, or see that's like this movie was written by several people. And, uh, I'm looking at it now and, uh, it's listed as three writers and that's not including a different director and a different producer. So well, the producers don't really have anything to do with that kind of stuff, but three writers, you can tell this movie was written by several different people because there's so many different like moods in this movie, Christopher Robin. And look, I just want to say like, it's a Disney movie. It's rated PG, not necessarily a kid's movie. Um, feels like more for like. Uh teenagers who are like, Man, I'm getting older, man, and like I've seen the world and now life's different. Like those kind of teenagers. And then like eh, kinda of like people in their twenties, like, oh I remember Winnie the Pooh as a kid. And like, oh man, this is really like a bummer. Like I'm getting older, but you're really you're 26, you're a baby. And like uh, this may be more for like people who are like in their forties and fifties who are like, Oh god, like did I lose my inner child? Like did I not prioritize thing? By the way, these are all people that are not kids at all. So like when I went to a 930 screening and there were kids there, I was like, what are kids doing here? Another thing about Winnie the Pooh, you stop liking Winnie the Pooh when you're about like five or six. It's like made for when you're like three, four, five, like when you're preschool, basically like when you're six or seven, you've moved on past it. Um, And if not grow up, Peter Pan Um, kidding. So it's interesting that this is a movie that's connecting to a lot of people because you realize that since... Winnie the Pooh has been around for a hundred years now that there's literally generations of people that can connect to this character and his wisdom. And I thought the middle part of this movie was the strongest part of this movie. And, and a part that like, we see so many movies in a year that now like movies for us are defined by what our favorite part was of that movie. And for me, it's going to be the middle part where uh, Ewan McGregor as Christopher Robin is meets up with Winnie the Pooh and they go back to hundred acre wood and, uh, you know, he kind of, like, meets up with the people and what he does there and the decisions he makes, like, are just so sweet and powerful. And the conversations that him and Pooh have just cut you right to your core. And then the last third of the movie, I don't want to spoil it, but it kind of becomes like a kid's, kind of like a kid's movie, but it feels kind of rushed. Um, not a perfect movie by any means, but enjoyable. Very sweet. I would like to see the first 20 minutes, which I did not see.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, I'm, I give you props for today, finally making it early to a movie, but you can't do that. I feel like you just, at that point, just don't go. I, I know, but you like, I so much. badly
0: just want to go to movies. And I when know, I can't go, but like,
1: you, if you miss that, like... like I so, disagree. I disagree with you because you missed Teen Titans beginning, which I thought was the best part of the whole movie, disagree. honestly.
0: Hard disagree. Then, I wouldn't know because I didn't see it, but hard disagree. Because you didn't.
1: And then... Well, you got
0: you to gotta change your profile picture to not be this... Nope, I want no one. Uh, Because then
1: I I don't know who's reviewing. I'm like, who? who So then Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. In the first, in the opening scene, it's basically um, Disney loves to be creative with their intros, and I love that when the Cinderella castle came up, it was actually on parchment paper and it was being drawn, uh, just the way like when you had if you actually had an old Winnie the Pooh book, it was like legit, like big pieces of paper and like they were hand-drawn pictures. Like they don't look right. like yeah. the cartoon version you see in other books. If you had the original, that's what I loved about this movie is they took the OG poo and literally brought him <laughs> to life with his friends. Just like even how worn down they looked as animals and like, so cool. I wonder how they world. shot it. That's why I just thought it was so cool. I think they took the actual stitchings, the animals, they're definitely stitch hand-stitched animals and I think then they just CGI'd it afterwards. But it was just very well done. I love that even at scenes when Christopher Robin, you know, when Aaron, when, Aaron Mc, when Aaron McGregor hugs Pooh Ewan. or Tigger or touches one of them, they actually touch. Which usually you can tell when something's CGI'd and they, like, don't touch it. It's very obvious. It was cool to see that he actually looked like he was holding him because he was. He was probably holding an actual Pooh Bear. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that I thought was so unique about it. Um, I gave this movie a seven and a half out of 10. Um, I, it just hit home for me. I thought that it had your classic poo wisdom, your classic Tigger rowdiness causing problems. You know, you got rabbit being the smart guy, owl, you know, trying to keep things in line and owl just being wise, but dumb. And then Pooh making his comments and piglet being super shy and super scared and running around like Eeyore being just. Um, your like, you know, it just played awesome. by
0: Brad Garrett, who was it, it, awesome. I
1: knew too, I knew it, and it was just so well. And even Rue and the like, they all of them were just so well casted and well, well executed, I think, on the actors and actresses' parts. Um, and voice actor Jim Cummings did Winnie the
0: Pooh and Tigger, which, um. He was amazing. He was also the Winnie P- the Pooh we grew up with. Yes. And his impression of Tigger in this movie, because the Tigger that we grew up with was voiced by a person was, who passed away. You could away. tell it
1: wasn't the same one, but it but was he, close. But the man And you could tell that. he definitely, knowing that afterwards, I was like, wow, you could tell he learned a thing or two from his friend when they were together. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of cool to know. Yeah. Um, is how I took that. But I will say about this movie... I didn't really see any downsides of it. I thought that the way they went about how it was a family movie was great. The only thing I could pick on, I think, was the ending. I would agree that it was, I felt rushed. I think it would have been more cool if the girl, when she found them, they kind of more liked the little girl, and then Ellen and his wife were able to kind of, them connect more, and the family, which was nice, but like almost show him handing Pooh off to her mm. would have been a nice touch i think almost but it kind of ended up being like nope christopher robin is still the head honcho of hundred acre wood you know what i mean um but it was well done i think they casted well i loved that the little like the original winnie the pooh that was in the background yeah. just as
0: music Very and he
1: never sang it i loved that You'd have to pay attention. I was singing f-
0: it in the theater. And me- I was like, everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody. And then I
1: love that Tigger had his little jingle. And, like, it was cool Nationwide that they, f- they took side. old and they took new jingle. and they mashed it. Super very mash bros. Thing. Now, don't listen for the next, give me two minutes of your time if you don't want to hear a cool spoiler about the end of this movie. But it's very important to hear. We d- I did some research, so stop listening now. And <sighs> Vox.com had a spoiler just delete the episode. about the very ending of the episode, of the movie, sorry, you just messed me up, <laughs> where there was like a bonus scene during the credits. Now, in this enjoyable little sequence, characters were dancing together doing, uh, to a song called Busy Doing Nothing. It's very creepy. It's a riff on Pooh's insistence that sometimes the best thing is to do nothing at all. And it plays off the film's nice. climax. Okay? A low-level executive at a luggage company realizing that what will save the company's bottom line is selling luggage to lower classes who deserve to have paid vacations on their own. It is unclear how Christopher Robin extends this policy after they had the conversation you know, at the main table. But the scene ends and the closing credits have this old man singing a song called Christopher Robin. The scene is a treat in itself um, for the dancers, the music, and the seascapade but it takes an added poignancy when you know who the man playing the piano is. It's Disney's legend Richard M. Sherman, a nine-time Oscar nominee and two-time winner, who wrote many of the most memorable songs the Disney Corporation has ever produced, along with his brother Robert, including all of the songs from Winnie the Pooh, like The Up, Down, Touch the Ground, or Busy Doing Nothing or Christopher Robin. Those are all Richard's songs. As well as, he's known for doing Snoopy Come Home, Mary Poppins, Jungle Book, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Charlotte's Web, and yes, it's a small world. Yes, he is the man who's re- f- who is responsible, partially responsible, for one of the most insidious earworms ever created. Robert Sherman died in 2012, but Richard is still kicking at age 90, healthy enough to be playing piano for beach going stuffed animals at least. Disney co- uh, commemorated the Sherman's long career by dedicating one of the sound stages on Burbank, California during the premiere. So if you're a Disney fan, you probably already know his work, but might not have known to look for him in that scene. So I hope that was a good one. So I really appreciate that. I thought that was a fun, I'm a very Disney nerd and I'm like one of those, like I read the book about like all the sitting all the hidden things when you go to Disney to find right. and stuff and the hidden trails and all this. So like, and even in movies, when you look for the Easter eggs, that to me was a very, very memorable Easter egg. And it kind of boosted my score, too. Like, I was like, that's cool. It actually took down my score. I gave it a 6 out of
0: 10 now. <laughs> like, after hearing Jesus. that, like, cripes. Get <sighs> over yourself, Disney. I'm just kidding. Um, you know what's funny is, like, we associate Winnie the Pooh with Disney. And the original was just a book, and they just, like, paid for the rights, basically. Yeah. It's so funny to think about. And they about. did it so well. Like, <laughs> they bought the rights like, half of, like, the world. Everything, like, all the intellectual property out there, like, half of it is, like, Disney's. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, so, th- yeah.
1: did, the only other thing I wanted to mention, did I talk about Three Identical Strangers during Fallout? Fallout's uh podcast? You might have, like, hinted at it a little bit. I still Definitely see, see it. it. I can't still, t- I keep talking to people about this. Three Identical Strangers documentary about three identical twins in different... Um, separated at birth and it was it ended up being this whole science social experiment um that they had no idea about but they reunited out of coincidence it was awesome i really suggest you see that it's totally i think going to be up there with nominations right along with won't you be my neighbor it was very well worth the see um so please see that also saw mama mia here we go again give it a three and a half stars here's why yeah it was hear. terrible oh share was pushed in your face Mm. The plot was awful, but we both agreed, Michaela and I, when we saw it, that the songs were still... There were about five songs that were catchy. Five songs that you liked and would hear again afterwards and want to keep dancing to. Obviously, your classic Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen. uh, But there were a couple other hits in there, too, that were kind of good. But some of the songs weren't good, I felt. And I just felt that the plot was really pushed and all of it was like... Somebody was definitely sitting there and like, let's just do Mama Mia again. Just
0: do more share.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and let's throw share in it. And it was just like an awful Like, idea. Sir, are you sure? I'm like, yes. And the only other Cher. thing I will say is that I recently did watch again a classic, Remember the Titans. And that movie I saw you post it on Letterboxd. I'm gonna tell you, dude, that movie always hits home for me, I feel like. It just brings me back to football and being in high school and the camaraderie we ended up having as a team when we all started clicking. So to watch them as like a team clicking, it was just, I was getting amped up. I was watching it on vacation in the cape and I was like standing up, like I was <laughs> super into the movie. Just an all time classic. I mean, you got to give that one a nine out of 10 or a four and a half out of, you know, five stars because it's just, it's awesome. So, you um, killing me, Petey. We, did we cover it all? I'm exhausted.
0: It's a long episode.
1: It is a long episode. We had a lot to talk It'd about. It would be fitting
0: if episode 69 was 69 minutes, but I really don't feel like anybody would want to listen I could to make that.
1: it 69 minutes.
0: No? no I have no. ways. 25 more minutes. Um, so, overall, 8th grade,
1: <laughs> go, see, go it.
0: see it. Teen Titans Go! to
1: The Movies. Do not. You can wait. Christopher Robin. Uh, <laughs> date Night? No. I'd say wait. I wouldn't spend money on it. I think I would tell or someone TV. our age
0: to spend money on a PG movie. I would say
1: see that, but don't go see it. It doesn't need to be seen on the big screen. No. Okay. <laughs> good Good call. Mama uh, Mia, wait. Did we talk about the Oscars changes? No. Oh, That's wow. the last piece. You uh, can yeah, just we got to go, talk about you that. Got it's, two minutes. it's a long episode,
0: but we got to talk about it. Yep. All right. So the Oscars, the Academy made changes today. They reelected their president, and with that came three changes. They said they are committed to making a three hour telecast instead of three and a half hours great because the last 30 minutes is all anyone ever cares about. Best actor, best actress, director, best film. Like, well, the faster we can get to that, the better. Um, they're also, and this is a change I did not mention you guys, but starting in 2020, which is going to be celebrating the movies from 2019, they originally had the Oscars going to be February 26th or 28th, and they moved it up to the beginning of the month because they're like, you know what, like...
1: Wait, so they're going to do it at the same time as Super Bowl? That's
2: what I was just going to say.
1: Like February like so... Ooh. That's when Super Bowl oh. is. So unless they're thinking to do it the week after, no, that would I, be a bold
0: move. I saw the news alert when I read. I read the article. I actually yeah. did my homework. Uh,
2: it be on a Sunday, the third and the tenth of February.
0: It's February twenty
2: twenty. Oh
1: yeah, but still, I mean, either way, the Super Bowl's always the first weekend of February. So the schedule might have to change or they'll just have yeah. to change their schedule.
0: Yeah, they moved it they moved up earlier in the month to combat the feeling that everyone feels like, oh, like these Academy Awards like are so late in the season that everyone already kind of knows what's going to win at that point. Cause, just because like every other it's a award good show idea. Is on their push thing. it up. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally. As well, agree. you should have it. Like honestly, I feel like they should they should have it the first week of February or even like late January.
1: And truthfully, I think that will make for better movies February ninth.
0: February ninth. It's going to be the week after the Super Bowl. Like
1: the around the holidays, like Halloween, November, Christmas. Like you'll start getting some good movies start popping up, which is it's always a good thing to look forward to.
0: So that's one of the changes now. Um, another change is going to be in order to hurry this up. A lot of the awards are going to announce live in the theater, but they'll be happening during commercial break. So you'll find out the winners throughout the broadcast much quicker, kind of cut down the show. All right. I I can be down with that because look, I love, we love movies and we love all aspects of movies. And I think if you're listening to this episode, you have an appreciation for that too. So I don't want to degrade like costume design or makeup and hairstyling or, Sound mixing and and sound design and production design, like those are all things I love. But I, like I get for the average moviegoer, they don't care about that. So I
1: guess that's the thing. I think
0: they're for trying to they're trying to fill out
1: a ballot, we'll enjoy it for them just to like kind of blast out a few. Mm-hmm. But I understand that they're really just going for entertainment now. They they, said they uh, want to just yeah. probably keep it close to a very few small
0: things. In the articles I read and you know, this is a great point by them, it's clear that they're trying to keep the people that they know will love the Academy Awards but they're also trying to bring back people who <laughs> lost it and to wrap this thing up. Now this is huge. They're adding a popular film category. Yeah. So, we were kind of talking about this before the show. 2009 Oscars, Dark Knight does not get nominated for best picture. It's like a bunch 5 movies that like not that many people saw, but everyone saw The Dark Knight. So they said, "All right, we got to change this. Like we got to include more movies that people will appreciate and enjoy like that people saw." And the next year was great. They they moved it to 10 nominations. Toy Story three was in there, um, you know. This is at the. This is at the. You know what I mean? Like there was like, actually no. Toy Story three wasn't. Uh, Toy Story three wasn't eventually. But regardless, like it was a lot more popular movies. Then over the past few years, it's 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 gone from like you can have eight nominees to ten nominees. But it's they've been nominating more of like the Oscar style movies still, and not so much the, the blockbuster movies. So the intentions were good, and early on they were kind of doing that like. Oh yeah, we're going to nominate more like the, the fun movies that like Ratatouille, I think was nominated or WALL-E or something like that. Like movies that would have never gotten nominated before. And then now they've like, you think of the Oscars last year, like it was like the post and it was like all serious movies and not fun movies. So now they're making a popular film category. A lot of people are ripping it to shreds. Dave Allen, friend of the program, said he was not happy about this. he was It's not something he could care about. I don't know what the criteria is going to be for popular films is a movie that's going to be nominated nominated for best popular film, not going to be eligible for best picture. Well, if a movie wins both, um, what's going to qualify a popular film? Does it need to have like X amount of like sales? I mean, I'm assume so, but then now we're just going to turn this into a marketing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's just that like it
1: can't be marketing. It's, gonna, it's be, gonna be like,
0: oh, the movie that had the biggest budget got the most ticket sales because it has got the most marketing campaign because but, it's made by Disney. Like, congrats on Infinity War because everyone they, saw it.
1: Well, I was gonna say, I mean, basically, most popular movie is Marvel category because yeah. if you think about it, because all right, most popular movie is going to be either Black Panther or Infinity War. That Probably. was the most popular. movie. Mission Impossible
0: might get nominated, but like, did it make but it enough won't money? Win.
1: Like, how how could you compare, I'm not arguing with you, but like, if that's the case, how could you say that was more popular than those two movies? Well, no, no, I line. don't know
3: what,
0: no, what are they going to be voting on? They're I probably going to be voting like best of the popular films. It's a popular film category, but they're not going to be like, this movie was most popular. I think there are probably some people today are like, are they just going to like award some... it to who won the most, who, who had the highest box office? No, I don't think that. I think it like Academy voters are going to be, va- this is basically like, I saw someone say it's like they're going to criticize it and call it like basically like the MTV movie awards and people's choice awards all of a sudden for that oh, part of the show. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, like, and so many people are like, Oh, if you, you know, KFC from Barstool is like, you know, if you don't like best popular film category, then you're definitely a movie snob that no one likes. I don't, I don't want to be like, all right, KFC, like, I like you, but like, like I don't want to see like skyscraper, like skyscraper wouldn't win, but like, I know you mean. I, I want it to be good blockbusters and not just a blockbuster Oscars just because are
1: about bringing something like, that Wouldn't get that, wouldn't always win, win. I guess I know, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's not made for, I don't know. Well, it
0: goes back and forth. Maybe for they it. just like want there, are, more there, people. there are years where the yeah. movie that was like the most popular also won Best Picture, yeah. And lately, that kind of hasn't happened that much. Shape of Water one, and look, we love movies, and that was kind of like that's true, actually,
1: because I was and mad there were
0: so won. many people who just didn't care about that movie, or like, oh, like an alien love story, like, or you know, a creature love story movie, not for me, and like. I can kind of see where they're coming from. So that's probably like,
1: why they want this new category. Exactly. For when the for when they want to pick the Oscar movie and it's not the movie the people wanted, maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe most popular will be a people voted section of the Oscars. That uh, would be smart. No.
0: Ugh.
1: Why? People are stupid. Okay, but that I would trust make people the most make sense. Movies. I know. That would make the most sense. You know what? They opinion. want to
0: vote that. Then that's the MTV movie awards are for them. There you go. <laughs> There you go, that's my that's my two cents. Um, but yeah, so all right, all right, that's it. Well, uh, we follow the, the show the on Twitter. at to be in our podcast. <laughs> Tell a friend. Subscribe. Unsubscribe. Subscribe. Resubscribe. Unsubscribe. Delete it from your phone. Follow dual phone.
1: redundancy. There are bros.
0: Yeah, shout out to dual redundancy. They're great. Thanks again for having us, guys. Um, they did a thing. They did a draft where they drafted what would be the highest box office movies throughout the summer, and they did, like, a fantasy football-style draft. And they removed Infinity War because, obviously, if you had that, that's cheating. Um, So I'm looking forward to see what the
1: results of that are. So uh, Was Mission Impossible allowed to be on that list? Uh, Because that wouldn't be a fair advantage then either.
0: Yeah, no. It didn't make as much money as you think it did.
1: The opening weekend, it made, like, $68 bucks, But it's been getting so much promo now. It's going to make more money. I don't know. Well... But it didn't. Then I guess make, that's. It I guess make, it's, it's like getting a number one round. No, if it number makes less a hundred movies, it's like getting Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: it, it was suspended basically. Yeah, think about how many people went to the movies that night and Movie Pass didn't work and they
1: went home. Let me tell you something. Movie Pass hasn't been working for me for a month. I've been trying to go every single movie, and this is the first movie in the past five tries I've gone to that it worked for. I've only so, been
0: embarrassed about.
1: We're not going to bring up the MoviePass this time. Maybe another time once some more stuff gets developed. They have released some new updated terms. Some things are changing, but we'll just include it in the next podcast because I don't. Even, I don't have the energy. Shout out, for out to it. my friend
0: Lauren who works at MoviePass. Um, I hope it is going well over there because uh, yeah, I really luck. want it to go well for me. <laughs> good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God for getting grandfathered in the annual year.
0: Yeah. Price. Yeah, seriously, eighty-nine bucks, very much. Well, spoke. guys,
1: movie pass is back, so you could sign up. But there's also some other ones now. AMC has their own now. It's the A list. It's three movies a week per week. You would see three movies for twenty bucks a month. Movie pass is now changing its prices to fourteen ninety-five. Or they stick with the ten? They're sticking with nine ninety-five, but three movies a month. If you and do want to sign up, a $5 for every movie up to, which, to a
0: five-dollar discount for movie afterwards. Up to a five-dollar discount. Which, after by that. the way, it's like. I know that they're going to change that plan in a few months because literally movie yeah, passes is like the third change. like it's like the third change they've made
1: in like the We're past We're basically year. staying till November and I think by then they'll be gone. You think so? I do. But I think that Showcase or Regal will come out with something by then, so you'll be saved. I pray to God. AMC's the first one to hop on and take the scheme. I sent you that awesome article. If you have a second, on my Twitter, Old Boyle92, I shared a very, very interesting link about how MoviePass has created the scheme of movie going that they will fail, but their scheme will last. And I thought it was a very good article. I
0: sent an article to my family that said MoviePass... Uh, I jokingly said to my parents that MoviePass died for our sins, and then like a few days later, I saw like an article that said MoviePass died so that the MoviePass model could survive. That's I what was it like,
1: was. That's the one I sent you.
0: And that's well, I read it actually before you sent it to me. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I know, which yeah, is so funny. Of course. Um, but yeah, it was like it was like, but it was like a no brainer. It's like, a course, like I
1: will tell you guys, MoviePass so, shut down for four days. I guess we did get into it, but I cried. MoviePass so much. shut down for like four days, and there was a weird block. We thought it was going out, but when i tell you when it went down the block when the blackout went down i guess you could say Rojas called me in seconds to fill me in on what was going on it was great we were going back and forth that's just when you know that this podcast we're here for you we're here for you and ourselves because we're very greedy but thanks for following thanks for listening check you next time Bye bye
3: Hello, Nick, Nick, Austin, and whoever else is on the podcast. This is Cookie and... Kristen. And we just saw...
4: Eighth Grade. All right, your thoughts. Wow. Uh, Definitely a um, coming-of-age film. Uh, I think the um, way it was done is, is... I hate to think that it's a type of way it's being done these days, but... It's just like the, the guys say on their the podcast very little music just all about emotion and how someone's feeling and and I think the lack of music adds to the awkwardness of the situation um, I think their
3: use of music was was great to highlight anxiety I mean, First off, let me give props to Elsie Fisher, the little actress. Absolutely. Who plays Kayla in the movie. She does an ex- exceptional job in her role. I mean, you really believe that that is her.
4: Right.
3: Um, I've never, I don't know. Maybe I have seen her in something else, but I don't know. But she really did a great job in this role. And the director-writer, uh, Bo Burnham. Burnham. Man, I don't know what else he's done, but for a guy to write a role for a girl and the awkwardness that a, I felt so bad for this little girl so many
4: times in this movie. So I think this was his, um, first, uh, writing, directing, and I think it was her first acting. Wow. So, I mean, just throw that out there. You yeah. know, pretty, pretty, uh, dynamic duo right there. So I think it
3: was, um, and I gave it a high rating on, uh, on my 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 score for. I gave it um, what, what do we five. do? out of Ten out of 10? You said a
4: five. Out right. Of
3: five. So I <laughs> give it a ten. Yeah. Because we do it on the Fisher scale. Uh, Fisher scale? That yeah, what it yeah, yeah. The kernels. Kernels. I give it ten out of ten because a the I thought the acting by the main characters, the other actors in the movie were kind of cliche. You know what I mean? They were kind of... You know what I no, mean?
4: No, but I think they... They, they represent, yeah,
3: maybe. I know
4: I think they did okay. I mean, you think about... Uh, what was his name? Aiden. He played that role pretty well. Yeah. You know, he's... Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a kid who, you know, uh, probably a, a few girls thought w- it was, you yeah. know, cute and he was oblivious. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean,
3: I just think the dad I'm just gonna put it out there without spoiling anything the the fire pit scene as a dad just makes me wonder if I did a good job of of being there for my daughter understanding what she was going through so and you know with boys I kind of just was maybe it, it just brings out like a dad like the whole dad in me was just oh my god that was such a touching scene yeah um but, I'm, like I said, I, my rating is I give it a 10. I rarely give movies a 10. And and I think maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction that I give it a 10. But I just thought she did a great job. It really, definitely cringeworthy. And what do you give it?
4: Uh, yeah, I'll give it a 9. Um, you know, I, I probably can relate to her a little more than you can. Um, I maybe wasn't necessarily as isolated as she appeared to be but uh, i definitely was not cool i really stretched mm. out that definitely not cool i don't know why that
3: <laughs> definitely got stretched out I but had to, emphasize okay yeah. all right so uh i gave it a 10 she gave it a nine um that's us from uh beautiful uh harry hand river River average uh elmwood whatever you want to call it a minor stroke all right guys we love you take care Bye. bye